بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوة الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا عبد الحاسم المصطفى محمد Okay, uh, it seems that, uh, Alhamdulillah, you have got uh, my voice and picture clearly, so we can start. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Prophet Musa alayhi salam, وَمَا أَعْجَلَكَ أَنْ قَوْمِكَ يَا مُوسَى after studying the verse 82 we reach this point so verse 82 was that I am most forgiving for those who repent and believe and do righteous deeds and are guided in addition, this is uh, in contrast uh, to the people that uh, they go out of the boundaries and therefore Allah's wrath belongs to them, comes to them and they destroy themselves. We start from this verse, 83. Prophet Musa uh, in order to go for uh, appointment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was very much uh, looking forward to the appointment and he hurried to go there this is very important and inshallah I will reflect on this point uh, why he was hurried so Allah asked him what has caused you hurry and come towards me you know, quickly Prophet Musa alayhi salam said قَالَهُمْ أُولَاءِ عَلَىٰ أَثَرِي وَعَجِلْتُ إِلَيْكَ رَبِّ لَتَرْوَى He said that they are close upon my heels or according to some translations they are close upon my track I hastened unto you so that you, my Lord, would be pleased with me. So that you would be pleased with me. This is a very important lesson for us. Sometimes we are in the process of making a decision for example you want to decide 
whether to I don't know start a business whether you want to marry whether you want to travel whether you want to start for example a center a mosque or whatever so uh, still you are in the process of thinking and planning and collecting information seeking advice from people here it's not good to rush you need to take your time of course you must not spend too much time but what is needed is to be given because if we don't think properly we don't study properly we don't collect information and take advice properly then there is great chance that we may waste our resources our time the opportunity because if you start something and you fail then it will start it again sometimes would be very difficult or sometimes would become impossible so we must not rush but if the decision has been already made all the thinking planning seeking advice everything has been done you know what you are supposed to do then we should do it fast because first of all time is very precious and time is something that you cannot buy it back you cannot gain it again إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ وَالْعَاسِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ Allah swears by time or by afternoon but it can be by time, by age, by era man is in loss for many things one in particular is time we are losing our life when you want to do something good and you have made all the checking, the studies, everything today is better than tomorrow and tomorrow is better than next week we have to do it quickly if you have decided to go to Hajj you have to go this year why you delay for next year? maybe something happens then you cannot go next year who has guaranteed our life? who has guaranteed our health who has guaranteed that you would be free you would not have problems or there would be I don't know visas next year available there would be good uh, group to go with next year so everything after checking and being verified to be a good decision we should do it quickly especially if it is something which is related to religion to something doing for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when Prophet Musa salam, was supposed to go and meet, to Allah, meet Allah and speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have appointment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he could have taken his time and you know go very slowly but this is not the etiquette 
when you have a meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you should go fast to show that how excited you are how happy you are and also not to let anything to stop you if you don't move now maybe after a few minutes something happens you cannot go so this is our situation with Salat you should try to say our Salat on time or anything we are doing for the sake of Allah we should try to do it as soon as we can but as I said this is about anything in life that you have decided to do you have found it to be a good thing you should do it without delaying as I said this is after thinking, planning, seeking advice so Prophet Musa salam, he said that I have come earlier to you I uh, hastened unto you why? So he said Retarwa so that you would be pleased with me he was very excited to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to receive the tablets the alwah from Allah the next uh, sorry the first time when he heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that was not planned by him as you know we had before he was traveling with his family he saw a fire yes, he, he said to the family wait here I'm going to uh, see whether I can take part of this fire or find the guidance I saw a nice fire and then he went there then Allah started talking to him but when he wanted to go to receive Allah, the tablets, the commandments from God that was uh, after an appointment and he hastened and then Allah asked him in order to make it of course clear for us this is mentioned in the Quran and also in order to get the reply from Musa uh, officially formally otherwise Allah knows he doesn't need to ask this is uh, good to be registered for Musa and for us in history to know what should be said and what should be done so وَمَا أَعْجَلَكَ عَنْ قَوْمِكَ يَا مُوسَى why you have come earlier you hastened to me left your people and came to me he said they are close to me they are behind and I came faster I hastened to you my Lord so that you are pleased with me now after that a reference is made to a very sad story as you know when Prophet Musa salam went for meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala initially the appointment was for 30 nights 
وَوَاعَدْنَا مُوسَى ثَلَاثِينَ لَيْلَةً We made appointment with Musa for 30 nights. Then that 30 nights was extended into 40. وَأَتْمَمْنَاهَا بِعَشْرَ فَتَمَّ مِقَاتُ رَبِّهِ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةً We extended that into 40 by adding 10 extra nights so there was a need for 10 extra nights so that Prophet Musa would be completely ready to receive the Allah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you know the number 40 is very important and one of the things that we have about 40 is to have 40 days of reflection, of contemplation and preparation for spirituality we say in Farsi so if you have chance, if you have opportunity to have 40 days in which you try to do everything for the sake of Allah then you would see that you have gone one at least level higher maybe even few levels higher we have this beautiful hadith that man akhlasa lillah arba'ina sabahan if someone purifies his actions, his intention, everything for the sake of Allah for 40 days جرت ينابيع الحكمة من قلبه على لسانه. The fountains of wisdom would flow from his heart onto his tongue. So he would be given wisdom. So Prophet Musa عليه السلام had this appointment for thirty and it became forty. If you want, it is in Surah Araf. This is chapter 7 verse 142 we recite also this ayah in the Salat which is recommended uh, in the first 10 nights of the Hajjah there is a Salat that if you read then you would be sharing the reward of the Hujjaj, the pilgrims to Mecca so Allah said وَوَعَدْنَا مُوسَى ثَلَاثِينَ لَيْلَهِ وَأَتْمَمْنَاهَا بَعَشْرَ فَتَمَّ مِيقَاتُ رَبِّهِ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةِ Okay, the appointment became 40. Before leaving people, Prophet Musa did his best. And one of the things he did was, he asked his brother to be in charge. He didn't leave people without appointing a leader for them. وَقَالَ مُوسَى لَأَخِيهِ هَارُونَ أُخْلُفْنِي فِي قَوْمِ he said, you be my successor, you would remain here and lead the community after me. You should do islah, to reform, to improve things, do things properly, and do not follow the path of the corrupt people. Okay, so he had given instruction to his brother Harun, to be careful about the people who want to do mischief. 
So this is Surah A'raf verse 142. In Surah Baqarah verse 51 also Allah talks about these 40. Of course here it doesn't mention that it was 30 and became 40. It says وَإِذْ وَعَدْنَا مُوسَىٰ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةِ The appointment was 40. But from Surah A'raf we realize that this 40 was made into two stages. Initially 30 and then another 10. So Allah says we made appointment for 40. So for 40 nights Musa was away from his people and only in uh, a state of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمُ الْعِجْلَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ This is Surah Baqarah 51. Then I will go back to Surah Taha. Because this story is mentioned in several places. When Prophet Musa left his people to go to Allah and receive commandments of Allah for their guidance, unfortunately what happened was the story of summary happened. He made that uh, calf, a young you know, cow, from the jewelries, from the gold that Bani Israel had, and invited them to worship, and unfortunately many of them started worshipping that as an idol. And you were unjust, you did injustice to yourself and to your uh, nation and to your prophet. Okay, so now let's go back to Surah Taha. In Surah Taha, we have the same thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa alayhi salam while he was there with him for appointment, Qala, Allah said, We have tested and tried your people, your nation, in your absence. Prophet Musa was informed by Allah that a test, a big trial, has taken place. But unfortunately, they were not successful in this test. Summary misled them, misguided them. Of course, when we say we tested them, it doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted Summary to do this or Allah wanted the Bani Israel to do this. It's very clear. This was what they did, what started by Summary and people followed him. But Allah took it also as a test. In the lectures uh, about Aqa'id, I frequently have made this point you know, for different you know, courses that when Allah tests us, it doesn't mean that He Himself wants this to happen so that He can test us. Sometimes something happens and He doesn't want. I mean, He doesn't approve. It's clear that anything that happens has to have the permission from Allah. That is uh, what we call generated will, takvini. But if you want to understand whether Allah is pleased with something and loves something, we should go for 
legislative will. So, for example, sometimes a bad person, an enemy of God, may kill, for example, a person who is innocent and make the family lose their, for example, father. The children become orphans. Okay, now this is a test. A test how this family is going to be united. A test how this family is going to uh, remain faithful. A test for the people how they support this family. So this is a test. But does it mean that Allah wanted that person to be killed by that murderer? In the sense that Allah was happy with that? Allah was uh, pleased with that? No. In a legislative will, he was not pleased with that. He was not happy with that. He didn't want this. Yes, in a generative will, as far, as far as the existential aspect is concerned, of course, anything that happens has to be through his permission. But it doesn't mean that he's happy. Sometimes he lets us to even disobey him because he has given us free will. But he's not happy with all our decisions. So, when we say Allah wanted to test them, in this situation, it doesn't mean that Allah was happy with what Samari did so that he can test them. No. Samari made a big sin, committed a major sin, but at the same time it was a test. So anything that happens, it can be taken as opportunity to try people. So sometimes I use this example. I say, you know, for example, if you are a trainee and you are getting lessons for driving, then your instructor may test you by saying, you know, um, park here, uh, do you turn, so on and so forth. So he tests you by planning things for you. But sometimes, uh, all of a sudden, when you are driving on the street, a careless driver comes from your right or left, and then you have to react very quickly. Okay. Here is a good test again. The instructor, by seeing how you react, can test you. He didn't ask them to come in this situation, in this time, in this way, in this way. But still, he can use this as an opportunity to test you and see how prepared you are for any unexpected thing to happen. So this is the meaning of testing. So Allah says, "Inna qad fatanna qawmaka min ba'dik." After you, means after you left, you came here for 40 um, nights, we tested your people. To make it very brief, summary has misguided them. So it's a matter of guidance. It's a matter of uh, losing the direction and losing the guidance. Okay. Imagine how would be the situation of Prophet Musa, how much he felt embarrassed. Allah has honored this nation and given them lots of blessings, lots of mu'jizas, miracles. He made them successful over Pharaoh. They can remember for sure many many incidents Allah sent them food Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala managed for them to cross the sea many many things 
the mu'jizas that Prophet Musa showed them now on top of that Allah has invited him to give them uh, these alwa, these tablets for guidance so that they would have concrete message of God they now start worshipping idols like those ignorant people who didn't have experience of having for example a prophet among themselves uh, they have you know very superficial understanding now these people are doing the same thing so Prophet Musa was very embarrassed was very sad he was angry with this situation فَرَجَعَ مُوسَى إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ قَرْبَانَ أَسْفَى Prophet Musa went back to his nation, to his community, to his folk قَرْبَانَ while he was angry أَسْفًا and he was sad, he was in grief why we have come to this situation when he met them among the things he said was قَالَ يَا قَوْمَ أَلَمْ يَعِدْكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ وَعْدًا حَسَنًا O my people so still as a father because a prophet is like a father and looks at all his people as his family he says Ya Qawm, my people he doesn't now distance himself from them totally still he says my people my community you know this beautiful story that uh, it is said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after the battle of Uhud and this defeat of the army of Islam you know he had lost many of his best companions he had lost Hamza Sayyid al-Shuhada so brutally Hamza was killed his own tooth was broken he was injured but it is said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in that day he said Allahumma the qawmi fa'innahum la ya'lamu Oh Allah please guide my nation, my people, my folk they don't know so he didn't curse them, he didn't ask Allah to destroy them he didn't say it's useless to wait for these people to be guided, no he prayed for them and he brought excuse for them he said innahum la ya'lamu they don't know although they knew Rasulullah for 40 years before Islam 13 years after uh, Islam in Mecca and now few years you know after Hijrah but still Rasulullah says they don't know this is to ask Allah to be patient with them give them more opportunity of course this is what Allah wants and Rasulullah should have that patience that he would be asking Allah for what Allah wants so 
this common points between what Musa did and what Rasulullah did is that they still consider people, even bad people, as part of their nation for whom they feel responsible. Like a teacher that may have some bad students but still says, this, this is my class, including good students, bad students. You cannot say bad students are not my responsibility. I don't care about them. Yes, maybe a person reaches the point that he wants to run away from you and goes out of your care so you cannot leave the class. So you have to forget that person temporarily although you wish that person comes back but you have to look after the class. That's another issue when someone runs away. But as far as you are concerned you feel everyone like your family as your responsibility so Prophet Musa said Ya Qawm my people my folk my nation Alam ya'idkum rabbukum wa'dan hasana has not your Lord promised you a good promise because they knew that something very important is going to happen for them. They knew that he had appointment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was supposed to receive guidance from Allah for the people, for the community, for them. Then he said, He said, this appointment of 30, which became then 40, was it too long for you? Cannot you save yourself, protect yourself even for 40 days? For sure you cannot say it was too long. Even a prophet, if he dies and passes away, we expect people to follow his guidance after a few years, after tens of years, you see there are people who are mu'min, who are guided after centuries still they follow the path of the Prophet. You cannot say, uh, in 40 days we forgot everything. Was it too long for you? Were not you able to protect yourself? Or you wanted to make the wrath of Allah, the anger of Allah come to you. So you wanted to make Allah angry with you. Then you disregarded the promise that you had with me. So, in a sense, Prophet Musa said, Did you plan, did you want, did you desire to make Allah's wrath descend on you? Why did you do that? 
You cannot say it was too long. And for sure you cannot say, even if you did this, you cannot say we wanted Allah be angry with us. We wanted to make him angry with us. So why you did this? What justification you have for this? Now look at their response. For sure they didn't have any justification. But unfortunately they didn't immediately ask for Tawbah from Allah and apologized to the Prophet. No. They uh, tried to bring an excuse. It was not nice. قَالُوا مَا أَخْلَفْنَا مَوْعِدَكَ بِمَلْكِنَا They said we didn't break the promise according to our own will according to our own decision it, in a sense they wanted to say we were forced we didn't have any choice how? They said it was not our choice. We didn't want to worship this calf uh, by our own decision. We had some of the <coughs> jewelries of the qawm, of the people. And it is said that this refers to the jewelries they had from the people of Pharaoh. Maybe they had it as booties, maybe they had it with them as kind of compensation for what they had confiscated from them. So for some reason they had some of the jewelries, some um, like in gold and things like this. And they said Qadafnaha we uh, kept them away from us. But then what Samari did was he used these jewelries, he melted them and made a statue of a young cow, a cow, and then this was somehow a special because it was made in the way that it was like a speaking, making a sound, making a noise. Perhaps it was made in the way that from one side air was coming and coming then out from the mouth. So when they saw a golden statue, you know, if it was made from clay, maybe it was not that attractive for them. But when they saw it from gold and jewelries, 
and next is khuwar is making you know a kind of noise then they said oh this is a good thing to worship this is you know something that we can take as our Lord so this was the problem let us repeat it again from verse 87 to see what was their excuse and then you can judge yourself whether this was reliable or not acceptable or not قَالُوا مَا أَخْلَفْنَا مَوْعِدَكَ بِمَلْكِنَا we didn't break our promise according to our own choice we didn't have control over this so they want to say we are not responsible we had some jewelries of the Qom of the nation of that group the people of Pharaoh we wanted to get rid of them we kept them away from us but then Samari did everything he suggested to worship this idol he made this idol for them this is not part of their conversation because it says uh, he brought out for them it is Allah talking about what Samari did Allah says Samari brought for them Ejlan Jasadan Lahu Khawar a calf a statue a body of a calf which was made but it had some sound فَقَالُوا هَذَا إِلَاهُكُمْ وَإِلَاهُ مُوسَى نَعُوذُ then they said this is the Lord of you and Lord of Musa even they wanted to say this is the Lord of Musa now Na'udhu Billah this is you know so uh, embarrassing that such nation with all the history that they have Bani Israel they go back all to Prophet Ya'qub they are children of the prophets many prophets Yusuf many prophets came to them now they say this is the Lord of us and the Lord of our prophet something made by their own hand summary forgot he forgot God, he forgot Musa, he forgot all the history that they had, all the miracles. He forgot the covenant that every human being has made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says in Surah Yasin, Alam ahad ilaykum ya bani adam, Allah ta'abudu shaytan, innahu lakum aduvun mubin wa ana'abuduni. Allah has made covenant not to follow shaitan because shaitan is our clear enemy and to serve him so he forgot all these things he forgot the covenant he forgot the um, lord of uh, Musa he forgot the um, favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says 
How can you say you had no control? If summary had done a mojiza for you, maybe you could say, okay, this is mojiza, and mojiza cannot be done by anyone unless he is supported by God. But this was not mojiza; this was a trick. You should be able to understand that a statue cannot be your Lord. For example, Allah says, "Afala yarauna Allah yarjoo ilayhim qawla." وَلَا يَمْلِكُ لَهُمْ ضَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا Don't they see, means don't they understand that this idol, this so-called Lord is not able to answer to their speech, cannot return, means when you say something he cannot reply, if you ask him question he cannot answer. وَلَا يَمْلِكُ لَهُمْ ضَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا Cannot benefit them or harm them it's not able to do any benefit not able to do any harm it means that cannot do anything nothing to be uh, worried about and nothing to be hoping from him coming to you so how can you say we had no choice this excuse by itself is making the situation worse when you do something bad just say Sorry, I made a mistake. But sometimes you bring another excuse and it makes it even worse. It means that you don't want to understand and acknowledge your mistake. Okay. Uh, then we have what Prophet Harun told them. Because, you know, as I said, Allah told his brother Harun, so when Musa was away under the leadership of Harun still they did this mischief so what was the uh, way that Prophet Harun responded to this what was their response to Harun and then what Musa did after his return these are the things that inshallah we will discuss in the next session so if you have questions you know please put forward and then shall we continue next week inshallah okay yes, first question thanks for your lecture I have a question Uh, I was once eating food and azan was called. I immediately left to go and pray, but someone told me that it was wrong to leave eating my food to go pray. It would have been better had I finished eating then go and pray. Is there any hadith regarding this? Uh, as far as I remember, I don't remember uh, any hadith that food uh, should be given priority to salat. Maybe sometimes, for example, you have guests or you are guests and you know, so everyone is waiting for you and if you leave them, you should, for example, may cause problem, you know, they think it as a way of, you know, not being polite or for example, the food would be uh, not uh, possible to keep it, you know, warm and the host would be, you know, put into difficulties. So sometimes there might be situations in which you delay your salat, you know, for a few minutes and you finish uh, the food. But 
in general first of all we should try to plan as much as possible in the way that the time of the food and the time of salad wouldn't conflict so we shouldn't you know make the table everything ready right at the time that we want to say our salad or just little bit before salad but we know that then it would not be enough uh, and the time would not be enough for saying uh, for finishing the food and then having salad on time so for example five minutes before azan we start having our dinner ten minutes before and we know that it will go over the time of salat so it's better to plan it in the way that they don't conflict and it's also important that uh, if we are for example facing problem this problem doesn't become often you know the case so that every day I have an excuse not to say my salat on time yes sometimes there are excuses you are traveling you have something major you know I don't know a guest comes to your house and is hungry but it cannot be all the time or most of the time question two summary was a test to the people of Moses in the absence of the Moses himself how can we relate his story and tactic to Dajjal's attack in the absence of our Imam. When the people have uh, no uh, right leader among themselves, either because he's not there like Prophet Musa salam, or he's there but they cannot have access to him and ask him directly, so this uh, the Qayba of Imam Zaman and Qayba of uh, Prophet Musa although both are Qayba but in a sense they are different because when Musa went he was not with his people anymore but we believe that Imam Zaman is with us but we cannot see him and ask him although we may see him but we cannot identify him so there is a kind of Qayba but with some differences so when there is such a case that the leader is not there or the people have no access to leader this is a good time for shaitan and bad people to try to misguide people and for sure uh, the mu'minin should be so alert and so careful that even in such cases they don't change their behavior whether imam is talking to us or not whether imam is watching us or for example for some reason he has gone away if the leader is with us or he has gone for example to another town we must not change our behavior if you are good students and for some reason your teacher leaves the classroom goes to the office or I don't know today for example he's late so when you are just students in the class you must not say okay now we take this as an opportunity to relax and you know chat talk play and forget our study if you are good students you would do exactly like other days indeed I think we should do more now that our teacher is not here we should feel more responsible if you have your father alive your mother alive this is great blessing so you keep your relation with your brothers and sisters nice you keep the house you know nice you want to have unity but if for some reason they are away or if they are um, dead 
Then you say, okay, I don't bother about my brothers and sisters, about our house. Or indeed, now in their absence, you should feel more responsible. So we have to do the same with respect to Imam Zaman. Now we have to act in a more responsible way than the people who lived in a situation in which they could see the Imam and benefit from the guidance of Imam and the leadership of Imam. Question 3. I want to make myself, my soul, pure from all evils. What should I do? If you want to summarize everything, so we can say in one sentence uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those who say, Our Lord is Allah, and they remain persistent. Angels descend to them, come to them, and give them this beautiful, you know, Bashara that you shouldn't have any fear and any grief. So, to say, My Lord is Allah, or in another place, Allah says, Say Allah, then leave everything behind. So, if we face if we direct ourselves towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remain loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept his lordship listen to his plan for us act in the way that he expects from us everything will go away my decision would be what he wants my desire is to please him and for sure then I would be a very good member of the society, I would be a good father, mother, child, brother, sister, all my roles would be handled you know, in the best way. And shaitan cannot do anything with the people who are mukhlasin, who have been purified. How can we protect ourselves from sins? So the same thing again, if the direction is correct and if our attention is towards what we are moving for you know sometimes for example if you remember in few sessions back you know I explained this point that sometimes I am going to a direction but then I am always looking behind I am turning you know for example part of my body you know be, uh, to the right or left or back although I am moving uh, to the front this is not good. When we move to this direction, we should try to move with all your body and soul and mind, with all your attention. Don't listen to the shaitan at the time that you are moving to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't let shaitan have any way to communicate to you and try to bring temptations to you. So, don't make friendship with the people who are with shaitan or follow shaitan don't read or watch or develop thoughts in your mind which would be satanic and in this way you can safeguard yourself against the enemy against the plans and then inshallah uh, uh, with all your energy and all your attention you would move towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and for sure Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's support also is there and Allah's attraction and the magnetic power of the love of Allah will take you towards himself and this is why you know some people are muqarrab and those are brought nearer by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you have to make sure that your direction puts you in the right encounter with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah's energy Allah's light Allah's um, guidance will take you uh, closer to him the last question uh, assalamu alaikum respected sheikh alaikum salam jazakallah for taking time out from your uh, you are welcome please advise some dua for depression of course depression is something that sometimes has some reasons some roots that you have to first sort them out why we have been depressed what are the things that cause us you know being depressed so we should try to fix them we should try also to do lots of reflection about the things that can bring joy to us hope to us and remove the fear and worries and concerns from us but of course dua is also very important any kind of dua can be important because any kind of remembrance of Allah will bring serenity and tranquility to the heart but in addition to the general dua and remembrance perhaps you can recite some of the verses of the Quran like for example man yattaqillah yaj'allahu makhraja wa yarduqhu man haythu la yahtasib wa man yatawakkal ala allah fa huwa hasbuh inna allah balighu amrih qad ja'ala allah likulli shay'in qadra the beautiful verses from surah talaq uh, i can give you also the number now inshallah Surah Talaq, which is chapter 65, from uh, end of verse 2, then verse 3. وَمَنْ يَبْتَقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْسُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَالِغُ عَمْرِهِ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدْرًا This is very beautiful uh, Quranic passage. If you can read it frequently, if you can write it or print it on a piece of paper and put it in front of you on your desk and read it frequently and look at it, it's very important. And this is saying that if you are pious, then Allah will uh, make an exit, a way out of your problems for you and He would give you His sustenance from the ways you don't think, you don't expect. And whoever trusts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah would be sufficient for him and Allah's affairs would come to end and Allah has made a measure for everything. So if you have problem, if you have depression, there is a measure, there is an end for it inshallah. So this is one of the beautiful uh, passages of the Quran that can help with respect to every problem. Also, you know, 
this salawat Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad waj'alli min amri farajan wa makhraja wa dhuqni min haythu ahtasib wa min haythu la ahtasib this is also very good you can find it in mafati in ta'qibat salat and inshallah recite it I pray that inshallah all the people who have problems like depression any kind of illness or problem inshallah will be solved so we stop here we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah to help us help our families, our community inshallah to be able to please him as quick as possible inshallah without any delay without any do thank you very much and please remember us your dua wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alamin